Welcome to another episode of the No Feeding Tubes show. I'm your host, Yvonne McLaren, and I'm here to help you live your best food life following or during head and neck cancer treatment. Thanks for listening and hanging out with me here today. This is a lived experience and one that I think is better shared. And what do I know? Well, in late 2018, I was diagnosed with oropharyngeal cancer and I went on to have a third of my tongue removed, both tonsils, the tumour, 30 lymph nodes and 30 chemoradiotherapy sessions. I also had a peg tube feed for 15 months and ate nothing orally in that time. So grab your favourite beverage or your walking shoes and let's get started. Hello there, welcome to episode 51 of the No Feeding Tubes show. I'm your host Yvonne McLaren and I'm so pleased you could be here today. This episode I'm going to talk about uh, the three deadly sins of snack suggestions. Um, this is this idea has been floating around in my head for quite some time and uh I want to actually dedicate an entire episode to it because I think it's important. And it's in many ways uh, squarely aimed at speech-language pathologists, dietitians, and to a lesser degree, but to a degree, uh, some of the medical teams that help head and neck cancer treatment patients, uh, particularly in the early days, um, you know, I'm discovering now four years out that I'm getting better at things as I get to know things. But uh, the information in this episode is really um, pitched at speech-language pathologists and dietitians in, in, a, in a way that I hope it adds some help and some resources to your toolkit of things that you can potentially help your clients with if they've been through head and neck cancer. Uh, treatment. So here we are, episode 51. Uh, You might note that I have moved platforms, um, I've moved things around a little bit in terms of newsletters, podcasts, where I'm hosting things, what I'm doing and I've created this newsletter called GAG, GAG the newsletter uh, and I've entitled it Copy, Eat and Travel Write. Now that's a bit of a culmination of all my skill sets and I was I thought long and hard about how I can communicate information to you based on my strong school skill set and my career really uh, in terms of how I can help other head and neck cancer patients with their food life. But as I get further and further out from treatment date, I know that it's also about my life in general and for me that is a lot to do with travel, being creative, um, having fun, looking for adventure. How do you, um, you know, mix all those things into your day-to-day life uh, after having had head and neck cancer treatment? Because it's pretty brutal. So I've sort of said that the aim of the, um, well, the podcast now too, the No Feeding Tubes show and the newsletter is all about the vernacular of head and neck cancer treatment. And I'll read it out to you if you're not au fait with what the word vernacular means. It's, well, I'm using it in the, in the noun sense. Um, 
It's the language spoken by the ordinary people in a particular country or region, as opposed to the standard language. And that word vernacular, not only do I like the way that it rolls off my tongue, the bit of tongue that I have left, um, I thought it really summed up what it is that I'm trying to achieve here through the No Feeding Tubes show and through GAG, the newsletter, which is to discuss and talk openly about some of the things that happen with us um, as a result of having the treatment because we really do have our own secret squirrel language. Uh, Only those that have been through the treatment fully appreciate and understand the nuances and the things that are difficult and challenging in this journey of head and neck cancer treatment. So that's just a bit of... Um, you know, buff about the the beginnings and why things have changed and why I've moved things around a little bit. And it's also in accordance with how I'm developing and how I'm changing. So my old resources are still there. Uh, I've moved everything over to Substack. Um, Eventually there'll be paid content which will allow you access to the archived resources that I've done. And as I grow and develop the resources that I created, back a year, two years ago now, uh, will be paid content. So let's get on to the three deadly sins of snack suggestions. There are three things here and they've been bothering me. And, And as you note now, things that start to bother me inevitably end up in an episode here. Um... The first thing I want to talk about is well-intentioned food snack lists for people who have just undergone treatment. Uh, I'm going to. I, I kept one and I, I threw the rest out because I thought to myself, I need to let this stuff go. It's in my head. It's never going to go anywhere. But things like, and I read verbatim from a list that I discovered. It was on a UK hospital web, website. Um, and these are the things that were suggested as a head and neck cancer patient to eat to, um, you know, ensure that your calorie intake was sufficient, uh, to ensure that your protein levels were high, and I only know that because I knew that. That wasn't because that was what was specifically said within the list, but I digress. The list, whole grain cereals. That was the first thing on the list. Peanut butter crackers. If you don't have a dry mouth. Uh, trail mix. Now for those that don't know what trail mix is, and as a hiker uh, and, and someone who exercises, trail mix is a mix of, and we have a lot here in Australia, I'm assuming you have it overseas as well, uh, peanuts, seeds, dried fruit, you know, I mean shoot me now, really? And then that, <laughs> and to add to it, they then went on to say, make sure that you keep a small packet of trail mix in your car. I mean, I don't know about you, but uh, if I'm doing anything in my car other than driving, let alone the days of eating, I can now manage to sip water whilst I'm driving, but that's about it. Mashed potato. Took me three years to eat mashed potato. Sweet potato, Yes. General Idaho, um, you know, purple potato, no. Kifflers, no. None of that. Sweet potato, yes, I could have. 
hard-boiled eggs. Still struggle with hard-boiled eggs. I even struggle with omelettes, even now. Uh, Pasta salad. Any kind of salad for the first, I reckon, three years. Forget it. Just forget it. So that's what I mean by well-intentioned lists of food. And I found snacks were the most challenging. I mean, I could always kind of navigate around breakfast, lunch and dinner. But the snacks became really important when um, I decided to do a, a walk overseas for a few weeks. I thought... You know, and I was doing some serious kilometres every day, 20 to 30 k's a day. Uh, I needed snacks. I thought, what on earth am I going to eat in a foreign country where I can't speak the language? So, you know, well-intentioned food lists need to be of a standard that uh, are in line with what the broader head and neck cancer treatment people can eat. And I know that some people can't manage rice... Yeah, I could. Some people can manage mashed potato. I couldn't. You know, there's and it changes like that for every single person depending on what's happened to them. So I think we need to look at um, how we communicate this information and why we're not communicating idzy, I'll never know, to the general populace, why that's all undercover and it's only there for aged care centres and, um, you know, hospitals who need to know what textural levels certain people can eat. That's the sort of stuff that head and neck cancer patients need to know. You know, we need to have access. And the only reason I know is because I researched it and I'm a, a qualified chef and I've been there and I kind of knew what to look for. So well-intentioned list of foods, I think we need to uh, be really mindful about people who write these things that actually have no clue. Uh, And judging by that list, which came out of a hospital um, that was written by a person who seriously had no idea. Um, And I'm not bashing people here about this. I'm just trying to raise the awareness of what is currently out there for people and and, and why I'm here to try and help people and give them some motivation, some support and some help. Um, You know, the whole purpose of doing these podcasts and writing these newsletters and, and trying to crack open topics that we don't talk about because it's either embarrassing or it's difficult or it's um, there's not enough of us going through it to warrant any change. Uh, that's why I bring this up and why I mention it. And I think, um, you know, we need to get to the point of checklists and work out what sort of food people can eat. The second thing that goes hand in hand with that, which I've really got a thing about, is the imagery that is used to... Um, explain, discuss, talk about food. And I had a number of students come to me from, uh, they were studying dietetics or uh, becoming speech-language pathologists and they asked me to help with their book, which I did and I provided some recipes for it. But I noticed in there, and I mentioned this to them, you've got imagery of food items that frankly, I wouldn't be able to manage and I'm pretty sure other people won't be able to manage. And by that, I mean using these beautiful, glossy, home gourmet type uh, imagery that has things like nuts, 
for topic, crushed nuts on it. Um, cinnamon. You know, I can remember ending up in the Hurt Locker one day because I inadvertently put cinnamon on some rolled oats or something I was trying to eat and it went straight up my nasal passage because my soft palate's gone uh, and it put, you know, I choked on it. You know, um, it's just, I think we've got to be really mindful about how we communicate this information to patients. Uh, you know, uh, straws. I don't know about you, but I was never, and to this day, cannot use a straw. Be it, uh, God forbid, you give me a paper straw. Um, and I, you know, I now understand why, from an environmental point of view, people will be up in arms about getting rid of uh, plastic straws. And I'm all for getting rid of plastic straws, don't get me wrong. Uh, so let's move to glass or metal or something else. Um, but, you know, that's going to take me down another rabbit warren about types of material that we can actually put in our mouth. But, you know, the imagery that we use, um, even down to putting finely chopped parsley on top of a soup, you know, yes, it looks pretty. And I do it. I do it for my own photos on Instagram. But I know in my head, and I'm saying to myself, uh, you've got to remember to take that decoration off because it will get caught it will choke you it will do something I'm getting better as the years go by but I think we have to be mindful that there are people out there who have absolutely no clue and no idea about cooking and food and catering Um, I'm all for one for good presentation uh, and I talk about that in my mind food body program but um, I think how we as a general community communicate what sort of foods we should be eating needs to be covered off on um, itemised food that's appropriate, checklists across what's good for people, using IDSI uh, imagery, be really careful about the sort of imagery that you use, um, shredded coconut. I remember seeing shredded coconut on a chia seed pudding. Everyone's banging on about chia seed puddings. That's great. Yes, I can eat chia seeds. But then someone went and put desiccated coconut on it. You know, and to this day, and as an Australian, you can't eat a lamington after you've had head and neck cancer treatment. I also can't eat my all-time favourite cherry ripe bars anymore because they've got coconut. Well, I can, but you know, I'm probably end up in emergency. So imagery, I think, is really important. And the third thing, which we don't do and I think we do do, and that's where I've covered it in... uh, I wrote a resource around the principles of cookery. Uh, I think we should be teaching head and neck cancer patients about not uh, just giving them lists of food, but giving them cooking techniques that are likely to work for them based on the fact that they've had loss of tongue, they've got dysphagia, loss of saliva, loss of ability to chew, loss of teeth. Um, There are certain cooking techniques that you can use, and I know this because I live it, uh, that make my food life that much more... um, uh, it's, It's more acceptable and more interesting because I use the three cookery methods that I always use. Uh, and if you're interested in looking at that, um, I'll leave some description here, but I've got a guide that's called The Principles of Cookery, and I talk about all the principles and why 
the three that I've chosen are, I think, the best. But that's the sort of thing that I think we need to be talking to patients about. Um, you know, not only do they have to have an understanding generally across uh, nutrition, and that's just a basic, you know, your five food group type things, of which dark chocolate is one. I'm making that up, but I think dark chocolate is one. Um, you know, they've got to learn and equip themselves with cooking techniques, culinary techniques, as to what type of cooking is best going to suit them. And the learning comes from the trial and error, the trial and fail, the experiment and fail, the experiment and win. And that, in my experience, is how I did it and where I arrived at my top three culinary techniques to prepare food. If you want someone to eat regular snacks, high-protein regular snacks, then in the early days, absolutely, I understand. Let them ingest whatever it is that they can get down. But going on, moving forward as a future, as a support, as a motivational tactic, I believe that uh, distilling some information or dispersing, dispensing some information around actual culinary cooking techniques could be very beneficial to not only patients but to carers. All right, subject dear to my heart. Thank you for joining me here today. I hope you've signed up for GAG, the newsletter, the vernacular on all things head and neck cancer. Uh, you can purchase... A copy of my guide it's very affordable i've made it very affordable so people can access it uh, i've also got a head and neck cancer e-guide that i created which covers all my resources in a snapshot if that's of interest to you too so you can check me out on uh, gumroad yvonne mclaren that's with two c's and i'm also on substack yvonne mclaren two c's uh, so thank you for joining me here today. I do hope you're well. Um, and until next episode, please look after yourself and look after someone else and continue to eat well. Thanks, everybody. Speak to you soon. <laughs>